Hello everyone, welcome back to Biliteracy Now. I'm your host, Diana, and today I'm going to discuss ways to avoid teacher burnout. I call it sorry, not sorry. Thank you again for joining me. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at ByLiteracyNow, visit my blog ByLiteracyNow.com, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, and purchase my products on Teachers Pay Teachers by searching for ByLiteracyNow. Okay, let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. So I named it Sorry Not Sorry because I do feel that oftentimes as teachers, we are always feeling guilty about the time that we spend at school and how we can't stay longer or show up earlier or do more work over the weekend, um, take work home, things like that. We're always sort of thinking about how can we improve as educators. And sometimes I think we have to take a step back and just say, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because I am a human. I do have a life at home. I do have family. I do have pets or whatever category you fall under. And I think we often forget that as teachers, we are in fact human beings that enjoy being away from work as much as we love our jobs because I love my job but I love my husband and my dog a whole lot more and I think a lot of us feel that way obviously but we still feel that lingering guilt telling us that we're not doing enough so I want to share with you a couple tips to help you avoid teacher burnout and I hope that many of you are feeling okay about the school year But if you're feeling like, you know, you're giving too much and you're feeling like maybe you want to quit or you don't want to, you know, be a teacher anymore or how are you going to get through the year, whatever stage of burnout that you're in, I want you to know that you're not alone. And I thank you for trying your best, for doing what you can, for doing what you're already doing, which I'm sure is already enough. So let's get started with the very first tip that I have. I think that one of the things that you can do as a teacher to help you sort of stay organized and on top of things is to arrive early or stay late, but only in moderation. So if you're a morning person like me, then I would recommend that you come in maybe an hour early. So I come in around 6.15 and I don't have to be there until about 7.30. And I like doing that because I feel more accomplished Like I feel like I get a lot of things done and I'm less likely to get interrupted because no one is there at that early. And also it helps me sort of avoid feeling this like lingering guilt when school's over because I do try to leave as soon as we're released, right? I As soon as school's over and the kids are dismissed, I try to like head home because I've been there, you know, since 6 a.m. If you're not a morning person, I totally understand because in my 20s, I was not a morning person. I'd recommend that you pick a day of the week where you can stay late. And I know a teacher, for example, who stays late on Mondays. Those are her late days. And she stays an hour and a half to two hours late. So she's there probably till like 5.30. And she has a she makes a list of all the things that she wants to accomplish that day, which I think is very purposeful and very smart because she knows exactly what she needs to do. And she doesn't make this long, elaborate list. She's She keeps it very realistic like it has to be a list that you can like things that you can actually accomplish with an hour an hour and a half to two hours right and I think that really works for her and I would say if you're not a morning person that's something that you can definitely give it a try but make sure that you fully commit to staying late that day out of the week every week 
And of course, there's days where you're, you know, you're going to want to go home because you're not feeling great or you're having a bad day and that's totally okay. But it's important to commit to yourself, commit to your time and then actually stick with something and see if that works. And I think doing that will help you get organized, be on top of things and you don't feel the burnout because you know, you're, you're accomplishing things once a week. Not that you're not accomplishing things throughout the day. Obviously, you're accomplishing things. Um, if, but if you require more time outside of your planning, outside of your outside of your normal, you know, eight to three hours, then I would suggest staying late one day a week or coming in early. It's up to you. I come in early, you know, Monday through Friday because that's just something that I like to do. But you may not need to come in early every single day. Maybe you just need to come in early one day a week. I'd say just find something that works best for you, for your schedule, for your sleep schedule, and for your own peace of mind. Because again, the goal is to avoid feeling overwhelmed and burned out. Okay, so my next tip is going to be very difficult to follow because I think it's easier said than done. And it's probably not a very popular one. But I will say that you need to keep work at work. Work needs to stay there. It cannot come home with you. This means you cannot have conversations about work during dinner. You should not be answering emails from home. You should not be answering phone calls or text messages from coworkers when you're at home because it's now time for you to be present at home. And it's really hard to do. I understand that because I was there. I mean, for the first seven years of my career, I took my work home. I answered emails from home on Saturday morning, on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, uh, Friday night. I mean, I, I've done that. I'm, I'm 100% guilty of doing that. But one of the things that I tried this year that I want to share with you and show you that it isn't, in, in fact, feasible, I actually deleted the email from my phone. So my emails are no longer linked to my cell phone. So I no longer get notified when an email from work comes in. And guys, it is awesome. I feel so much better. I don't feel like I'm stressed out. I don't think about work when I'm at home. And the emails are waiting for me first thing Monday morning when I go back to work. And I can tell you that nothing bad has come out of it. I haven't missed a deadline. I haven't gotten in trouble. I haven't been told that I shouldn't do that. And little by little, I think people at work are understanding the boundaries between home and work. So it's definitely hard to do. It takes a lot of willpower. And there's definitely times where I get a phone call or a text message regarding work talk. And I honestly, I just ignore them. I mean, I I hate saying that and I hope they're not listening, but I try to ignore those um, messages and phone calls because I love my time at home. I love my job, but I love my time at home much more. So I just, you know, found a way to just say, you know, know what, no work talk at home, period. And, and they've, they've understood that. Like it hasn't been talked about. It hasn't been spoken. They just kind of understood, okay, she's not going to talk about work when she's at home. But if you're still in the classroom and you are taking papers home to grade, um, again, leave work at work because You may take papers home to grade with good intentions, but what are the chances of them leaving the backseat of your car? I used to work with a teacher who used to always see me, you know, taking my papers home to grade and she'd always say, you're just taking those papers for a ride. 
And she was right because those papers never made it into my house. They always stayed in my car. The truth is, if you leave the work at school, it will still be there waiting for you when you get back from break or from, from the weekend. So that's why I say that you should leave the work at work and never bring it home because I do think you need to create sort of this invisible line between what you do at home and what you do at work and then just saying sorry not sorry. So my third tip is going to be more about the time off that you have for like winter break or Thanksgiving break or spring break or any type of three-day weekend that you have. I would say that Probably the thing that I've practiced more this year than any other years, because I've, like I said before, I've been really purposeful in my decisions this year, is enjoying my time off, which in the past I'd always say, that's so hard for me to do because I, I don't know how to relax. I've actually found a way to relax. And I want to share that with you. So over Thanksgiving break, we know we have a whole week off in my district. I started purposefully not doing anything the first couple of days that we were off. So like Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I didn't do anything. I didn't really get online. I didn't work on any of my products. I didn't think about writing a blog post or recording this podcast. I didn't think about any of those things. I just kind of enjoyed my time off. And it felt awesome, guys. It was great. I just got on Netflix watched some shows. I think I binged watched a couple of shows, like two or three of them, to be honest. And, you know, take out and didn't do laundry. So I, I really relaxed and I felt great. And then, you know, Monday evening, I was like, oh man, I feel so great, but I need to get back on it. So Tuesday morning, I woke up and started running errands and doing all the things that I said I was going to do during my Thanksgiving break. And I was still productive that week. This prepared me for the following week when I had to go back to work and I didn't feel like it wasn't a break. I actually for the first time felt like, oh, I did have a week long break and it felt like a week long and I enjoyed it because I did everything I wanted to do. Plus I was able to relax, which brings me to my next tip, which is practicing self-care. Now, I know self-care is like this big buzzword right now that's going around on Pinterest and and Instagram. And I think it is important to take time off for yourself and put yourself first, knowing that self-care looks different for everyone. So I'll share with you a couple of things that I do to kind of help me and nurture my self-care-ness. I hope that's a word, self-care-ness. But um, so the things that I do for self-care is just... I try to go every two weeks to get my nails done. And um, so I do a manicure, pedicure. I take my dog for really long walks a couple of times a week. Um, I order takeout once a week. I watch Netflix for a few hours. And I sort of try to unplug from social media for a couple hours um, a day, maybe once a week or something. Now, I know that self-care is often tied to taking days off from work. Which I do agree that, you know, when you're sick and you feel under the weather that I do think it's important for you to call in sick when you are in fact sick. And I do think that mental health days are also extremely important. However, what I don't really agree with or what I'm not really on board with regarding days off from work and calling it self-care is when a teacher is chronically absent. Now for me, chronically absent is, you know, being out maybe once, twice a month. I think that's a little excessive. 
And I think students deserve better. You know, I think it's important for you as an educator or us as educators to make a commitment to go to work, you know, and not call in sick as often as, you know, some of us do. I can say that this school year I've had, I've taken two days off. I've been absent two days. Um, I've never called, I haven't called in sick this year at all, but I did take two days off to close on our home and then to move in. But honestly, if I think back in my 10 years of teaching and the days that I've called in sick, I want to say that it's been four days. I haven't, I don't like to call in sick. I don't like to take days off. I know this year I took those two two days off so far. And then last year we got married. So I took one, one day off in November, um, which is technically not really a sick day. It's more just like, you know, personal days. But um, I, I don't like to call in sick. I'm just, that's just who I am as a person. Like I just I value work ethic a lot. I'm thankful to my mom because I think she really taught me the meaning of hard work and being dedicated. And I do love my job and I love what I do. And I often think about the consequences of me being absent because when I was in the classroom, I was absolutely never absent because I didn't want to sub to teach my students. I kind of wanted to teach them myself. And even if you have a really good sub that you know is, you know, is going to do a good job, nothing can replace the classroom teacher. You know, I, I struggle with that self-care days off type of thing. I do think it's important for you to take days off. I do think it's important for you to call in sick when you are sick, but I don't agree with someone who is chronically out because I, for example, I know a teacher that's had 11 absences in one semester. I mean, that's, you know, that's no longer self-care. At some point, when do you go, like, when do we stop and say, okay, that's no longer self-care. That's just selfishness. So I do think that we we should practice self-care, but we should do it without being selfish and without hurting our students. Because at the end of the day, that's who we're there for. Students come to school because they want to see you. They want you to be there. I don't want to make anyone out there who's listening feel guilty about, you know, being off or taking days days off. I do want, you know, teachers to be responsible for their attendance. And of course, this does not apply to things like extended medical leave or family emergencies. Life happens and we must take those days off. I'm speaking to people who are chronically calling in sick or taking personal days. I do urge you to remedy that for the sake of your students. My final tip is learn to say no because that will allow you to say yes to the things that matter. So I'm gonna give you an example. A lot of times as teachers, we get pressured to join committees or clubs at school. And sometimes we don't really feel like being a part of that committee or that club. I mean, I'm just being honest, um, but we do it because we want to you know, be a team player and be able to collaborate with, with other people or for the sake of the students. And I do think it's important for us to collaborate, to volunteer, to give our time back to our school. Um, because you, what you don't want to do is isolate yourself and be an island and be someone who doesn't volunteer ever or at all. Um, but I do think it's important for you to learn to say no more often because that way when you say yes, it's about things that actually matter, matter to you. So I would say if you want to be a team player at your school, um, please do join committees and clubs, but don't, don't feel like you have to join every committee and every club that's offered at your campus. Find a happy medium, find a good balance that works best for you. So let's say the school has, I'm just making this up, but let's say your school, your campus has six committees. 
I would say if you're a member of one committee, that's a really good number. If you're a member of two, that's fine too. But if you're a member of three or more out of the six, I feel like that would be a little too much for you, right? And also, you know, keeping in mind that sometimes you're going to have like late nights, like math nights, reading nights. You don't have to stay for every single one. Just pick a subject that, you know, you identify, you know, best with and stay for that night. And you don't have to do it year round. You can do it like you can say, okay, I'm going to volunteer my time during the spring. Um, but during the fall, I'm not going to stay for any of the late nights or vice versa. So again, say no more often so that you're able to say yes when it actually matters to you and when you're actually interested in it. Well, that's all I have for today. I'm sure that I will be making a part two of this episode as I gather more ideas and tips on how to help you avoid teacher burnout. If you are feeling that way now, please hang in there. We are halfway through the year. And as always, my hope is that you leave inspired.